Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in our virtual studio is Doug, Elliot, Tiffany, and behind the scenes is Damien. Welcome all. Hello. Hello. So in health news this week, some interesting information has come to light for those that are paying attention. And guess what? It has to do with the coronavirus. Um, This article was carried on the 24th of July uh, by Dr. Joseph Mercola, and it is called Man-Made Virus Patents Prove Evidence That SARS-CoV-2 Was Manufactured in a Lab. And um, we're just going to kind of give you the overview of this. I definitely recommend listening to Dr. David Martin explain his theory about SARS-CoV-2 and uh, just to kind of start off in 2021, Jonathan Lantham, and for those who are unaware of who Jonathan Lantham is, he is a PhD who runs a website where they have talked about gene tech modification for many years. We've carried most of his articles on SOT.net. And he introduced the term, the pandemic virus industrial complex. And he described the academic, military, and commercial complexes that are driving the pandemic agenda. And every time she gets upset when I start talking about the news. <laughs> My dog gets really worked up when I get worked up. I'm pretty worked up about this stuff. So, <laughs> And so basically, um, you know, this whole idea that uh, SARS-CoV-2 has patents on it, which is pretty shocking going back as far as 2006, I believe. And, you know, um, and one thing about Dr. David Martin is that his job is to, you know, follow patents since the 90s. I mean, he's his company, I can't remember the name of his company, MCAM or something. But anyway, they look at patent, patent violations. And um, he basically lays out that this industrial complex of virus manufacturing and then creating um, testing and potential vaccines that happened before we even know about it, right? I mean, how can you, he keeps saying, how can you create a, 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 what do you call it? A treatment for a thing before you know the thing is even there. And so pretty damning um, evidence for sure. MCAM is the name of his uh, monitoring biological and chemical weapons treaties on behalf of the US government following anthrax in 2001. So this guy is not new to the game. Um, Last year, he wrote a 260 page dossier about Fauci, which was pretty damning. And I've been following his work for a while because I find him very interesting. He was also featured in the document documentary that was banned, uh, the pandemic. So um, I think that he has a lot of information that's helpful to people who are trying to navigate this crazy COVID mania. And uh, he did say, what did he say? There's over 4,000 patents relating to the SARS coronavirus. So when you hear this novel, this word novel, he's basically saying it's BS 
horse hockey hogwash not to be trusted. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I came across this article and I found it very interesting. Um, like you said, he mentions this 4,000 patents and there's, he says there's over 120 which are like, which supposedly provide very good evidence that the all of all of the attributes to this novel coronavirus um, basically demonstrates that that's false, and he he makes the point that like all of the different um, yeah the, the the attributes to this particular virus, the things that make it unique and novel, um, they were well known and they were actually patented like a long time ago. I think he he says it's before. 2006 it actually dates back to 1999 so 22 years ago um there was they, they were they were doing work there were companies biotech companies which were patenting um these kind of like viral subtypes etc so he says that you've got the spike protein the ace to uh binding receptor function um you've got the what are called um polybasic cleavage sites uh, all all three of these things so the ace2 binding the spike protein and the uh the cleavage sites on this virus uh these are thought to be completely unique so completely unique to covid to covid19 so when scientists look at this they say well you know this is how we differentiate that this isn't the same as any other kind of virus this is a novel coronavirus well he's saying that these things were patented years ago like all of the different um like parts of this virus uh are owned by all the patents are owned by biotech companies and so what is the kind of what do you do with that information well he is under the impression that this is pretty solid evidence that um, the, the virus was very likely engineered from something which, from lots of different parts, which already existed under patent, right? And that this isn't novel in any, like in any stretch of the imagination. It's basically a, uh, an organism which is uh, engineered um, from taking all of these different parts, which are owned by different companies kind of thing, right? Uh yeah, he says that there's a, there was a paper titled A Novel Bat Coronavirus Reveals Natural Insertions at S1, S2, 2 cleavage site on the spike protein and a possible recombinant 3 origin of HCoV-19. Sorry about the long name, but that's the <laughs> title of the paper. Now, he says that this series of, pat- this series of patents, so the patents which were um, made... Uh, on these parts of the coronavirus, uh, he says that this series of patents detail every single attribute that is supposed to be unique to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Um, so he's pretty certain um, that this is again that this this points to uh, a man-made virus, an engineered virus, which is something that is not necessarily a novel concept. There's lots of others who are also pointing in that direction. I believe it was, um, we have the Nobel Prize winner. Um, uh, what's his name? Montagnier. Luc Montagnier. Yeah, Luc Montagnier. He said a, a similar thing. You've got various virologists, um, microbiologists, etc., who are coming out and saying, well, actually, you know, this is a little bit too strange. Uh, this is not evolutionarily consistent with other 
viruses, the structure of other viruses. This looks like it's man-made. We did we did several shows about this previously, um, about the Fauci emails and about the concept of a lab leak, um, which would also point to it being a manufactured or engineered virus or a manipulated virus in some way. So what he's bringing to the table is not necessarily novel in terms of the idea, but he has demonstrated that there is physical evidence for each of these different kind of viral parts, um, they've been manufactured in a lab a long time ago. So really, for me, it kind of just adds to the overall bulk of information that we have that really points to the fact that COVID, COVID was not a natural virus. And that with the development of the vaccine, you know, in record time, well, if you think back, they started working on the spike protein you know, 22 years ago, then it wouldn't be something that they just came out with right away. I mean, that's also pretty damning, you know, I mean, and that that we shared in the show in the past that it has been tested on animals and was an epic failure, Mm -hmm. but why, again, you know, trying to see the big picture, it can be mind boggling as we know, you know, I mean, I do like that he is coming at it from a very different angle. Um, the other, you know, most of the other evidence that you get are coming from like, you know, virologists or, um, other different types of scientists, different types of, of evidence. So to see it actually also coming from, you know, the more, the patent side of things, the legal side of things is actually, uh, really fascinating in and of itself. It's like you're saying, Elliot, it's not really new information, but just getting it from another angle, um, just adds more, uh, clout to the idea that this was man-made. The only issue I have with his thing is that he is basically saying that, therefore, because it was man-made and because there's all these patents for stuff, it was released um, on purpose, that it wasn't a lab leak. Um, I don't think he has the evidence to back that up. Um, I think there is quite a bit of evidence that it has been leaked from a lab um, and not a lab in Wuhan, in my own personal opinion. Um <laughs> But uh, I think he kind of goes beyond what his evidence shows when he says that, therefore, it was not a lab leak. That's really the the only issue I had with with what he was saying. Yeah, indeed. Um, You can see his kind of point of view in that, okay, you see that something's manufactured, um, then... You know his 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 point is that it's it was released as a as a bioweapon, mm-hmm. right? It was released it was was re- released as a bioweapon. I think it's probably fair to say at this point that if it was a bioweapon designed to kill off large swathes of people, then it didn't really work it very was well. Really bad. It was a real dud. It was well, a dud. More particularly, his concern not that it was a bioweapon that was released. It's a bioweapon for potential use to use in vaccines. Now, mm. that part I can get behind <laughs> right? because they are definitely doing something fishy with these vaccines and they're highly, highly concerned that it gets into the arms of every human being on this planet. Yeah. But another thing that he pointed out, which should just be mind boggling and make your eyes bug out, is that the CDC holds the patents on the SARS coronavirus. Yeah. What the hell are they <laughs> doing having a patent on <laughs> this virus? And it doesn't make any sense. I know people joke and say that they're the centers for disease creation. But in this <laughs> particular uh, respect, it, it fits. It's true. 
I mean, not only do they hold the patent on the, the coronavirus, they wanted to, they paid a fee to keep their application private. They didn't want anybody to know that they were seeking out a patent on this, which is suspicious in itself. But don't they also hold a patent for uh, RT-PCR test? I so do believe so. If, if uh, I made a note of this somewhere. So Dr. Martin pointed out, um, if you own both the SARS coronavirus and you hold the patent for the test, then you control everything. Yeah, you that's control true. control what the virus does. Uh, you can say what the symptoms are and you can say who has it and who doesn't. I mean, come on. <laughs> There's really not much more to say outside of that. It's just crazy how this is not like front page news and everything just didn't just blow up in everybody's face. I mean, this <laughs> is pretty much, I think it's kind of a smoking gun. I agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, seeing it all laid out on paper. I mean, he does have a resource on his, um, on the website, his, his company MCAM have actually, published a, a piece piece online with all of the links to all the different names of the patents you can you can actually have a look at all of them kind of thing uh they listed the 120 most most pertinent ones which are directly related to what we know as of covid19 um and to see it all laid out on paper like this i mean one it's 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 kind of creepy because uh, <laughs> it, it something that we haven't spoken about but which he speaks about in the interview um is again, the paper trail and the different companies, these biotech companies, these uh, strange kind of figures, institutions and whatnot, who basically own the rights to all these different like uh, viral subtypes and, and organelles and all of this other kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's really creepy because it makes you wonder like, what are they, what are they actually doing in these research facilities? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what are they actually up to? Why, on, why on earth do they need to patent a virus? Like you said, Tiff, like mm -hmm. what, in what way does that benefit them? It, like, yeah, there, there's so many unanswered questions, I think. And I think that's something that he would, he would also uh, agree with and echo is that it, it's, it's very much, uh, uh, I, I think there's probably, yeah, there, there's so many unanswered, unanswered questions at this point that what we do know is that, that, conventional theory of uh of the coronavirus and how it evolved is enough to be scrapped and completely thrown in the bin at this point and there's something very fishy going on whether we will ever know the exact truth or the complete truth i think it probably is impossible at this point um but but again putting all of these pieces of information together um i'm not surprised that it hasn't got more media attention um but yeah, it's certainly very disturbing. Well, one of the things he uh, says in the video twice, which I found interesting, um, is he talks about Dr. Peter Daszak, who was the head of EcoHealth Alliance, and that, that was research dollars from NIAID to the Wuhan Institute. And he promoted the official narrative 
that SARS-CoV-2 as a natural origin. And this was a statement from Dr. Daszak. And he said, we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures, such as a pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use the hype to our advantage to get the real issues, to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, we're seeing massive profit. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, we talked about last show, like now in, you know, Europe, you have to pay to get the test and it could be up to 200 euros. You know, I mean, they're just... In the U.S., it's all taxpayer-funded money, but it's still like billions of dollars. And why not restructure all of society and people's ideas about health and wellness, you know, why you're doing this pandemic virus industrial complex? I mean, it's, they've thought it out, you know, and they're making money at it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see you know, the push, the drive for the, the money, um, big time, especially there was just a, an, an article out that was talking about, uh, boosters that -hmm. the booster shots are coming. Uh, you know, basically their vaccines are so, uh, impressive and marvelous that they need to give booster shots, um, like a third shot and then probably a fourth shot then a fifth shot. And it's, it's probably not because of the effectiveness of the vaccine that probably didn't enter their mind at all. It's just that that is where the money is going to come from. It's like, once they get everybody vaccinated who they can get vaccinated, where's the money going to come from? Oh, everybody needs to get another vaccine. Here we go. And then after that's uh, played out completely, Oh, we got another variant. Oh my God. It's the uh, Epsilon variant. Now we've got to have another vaccine for that one. Well, I think that that's the reason why there are so many news stories out about breakthrough cases of people yeah. who've been vaccinated um, with two vaccines so they can you know, start this push for the boosters. Mm-hmm. After they said they weren't going to do that, remember? Yeah. Oh, we're so, not going to need it. <laughs> yeah. So the two vaccines you already took doesn't work. So the answer to that is another another vaccine. vaccine. Yeah. 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 Well, that kind of leads into another story, and you know, again, we're just going to kind of cursory cover this because it's kind of just in the news stuff. It's all forever unfolding, but the next article that kind of plays in with this is uh, by Whitney Webb and it was on Mercola and it's called U.S. could become dictator, digital dictatorship, try and say that three times, with a new uh, Biden proposal. And um, for those not in the U.S., uh, our fearful, fearless leader, Biden, has (laughs) created a a health-focused federal agency modeled after DARPA in um, promoted as a way to uh, end cancer and is being resuscitated as health DARPA, which has kind of had a few different names. One I found very interesting was called HARPA, mm-hmm. H-A-R-P-A, um, and or ARPA-H. And um, the NIH here in the U.S. Uh, would raise a budget to over 51 billion with a B 
uh, to fund these types of projects. And uh, basically they're heavily funding mRNA vaccines as one of the breakthroughs that will cure cancer. And just a kind of interesting note on that. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, now I'm forgetting the name, with Will Smith about the kind of the zombie apocalypse. What was it? High Legend? Yes, which is basically in the beginning of the movie, they talk about how they created a cure for cancer. And then it led to, and I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but basically turned everyone into zombies. So my point being in that is that kind of like this push for all these uh, treatments that are injection oriented or vaccine oriented, you now see all this money being put towards this MRNA technology curing cancer. And um, Trump had actually uh, attempted to create a health DARPA in 2019 and they were using it to um, try and find signs of neuropsychiatric warning signs in Americans to stop mass shootings. So you see, oh, uh, and then <laughs> really? also, yeah, yeah. So it said in 2019, the same foundation individuals currently backed Biden's ARPA H had argued then President Trump created HARPA not for the main purpose of researching treatments for cancer or Alzheimer's, but to stop mass shootings before they happen through the monitoring of Americans for neuropsychiatric warning signs. Yeah. So basically they just kind of morphed it, right? And this is why a digital dictatorship, and this is just not for the U.S. This is just, you know, the, the, the U.S. seems to have all this money that it can kind of throw around through nonprofit organizations are philanthropic medical organizations. And I won't try and go through all the people involved, but there's some dastardly characters involved and they have all these names of all these things, which always reveal so much, but one of them is called safe home and it sucks up data, which we've talked about on this show from your Apple watch, Fitbit, Echo, Google home, and other consumer electronical devices, as well as information from healthcare providers, if an individual might be likely to commit a crime. So the data would be analyzed by artificial intelligence for early diagnostics of neuropsychiatric violence. So they're pre-crime. kind of just, yeah, pre-crime. Pre-crime, yeah. And just to add in the, the safe home, what that's actually short for is stopping aberrant fatal events by helping overcome mental extremes. <laughs> creepy (laughs) how the hell do they define mental extremes i wonder and so again as always we we recommend going to actually read the article because whitney webb just always knocks it out of the park with all the sorted characters in there and basically it's this merge of bio biology engineering and computer science so it's like the transhuman agenda i mean dare i say it you know like biosurveillance projects the whole thing like if they can just gobble up everything about you and you know if you have questions about the vaccines you know that too as we shared in last show is like uh you know anti government or anti-medical establishment then that will track your state as well your mental state so 
Were they implying in the article that the the means by which that they were going to um, cure cancer was through vaccination? Yeah, the mRNA vaccine in particular. That's crazy. That's really crazy. That's why I made that reference to that movie, because it was just so bizarre. Yeah, that's it's crazy, too, because I had read something recently um, that Moderna has actually started working on a malaria vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. Using that same um, uh, mRNA technology, so clearly they consider um, that they've hit hit it out of the park with uh, their COVID vaccine, and they're branching out now. Uh, and you know, keeping in mind that they th- this was never even a, a vaccine company to begin with, um, and now they're going to be doing a malaria vaccine, and it looks like you know cancer cancer vaccines are on the horizon. It wouldn't surprise me if at some point they're just injecting you know, 50 different mRNA strands into every newborn um, on the premise that it's going to, you know, protect them from every disease that we have. Well, um, there have been floating out the idea of a universal vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, these new mRNA platform-based vaccines, I mean, this is the wave of the future for them. Yeah. They see it in gigantic money makers because they can be made very fast all they have to do is get some computer generated sequence and voila yeah <laughs> you know you got the code to make your vaccine within i don't know a short amount of time and just put it directly on the market well and what whitney webb not so much in this article but in other um podcasts she's done is talking about how they're really like this whole darpa thing is go trying to go into the health industry at least in the u.s to start tracking children Uh, they want to create like an actual replica of the child developing brain over 10 years and then be able to go in using technology maybe mrna or or computer technology and actually eliminate defects whatever that means right so like you're in and that's why i was drawn to it because i feel like when you go after kids that's so sinister in so many ways mm-hmm. that um you know to actually map the developing child brain and then say you have a child that's a little defiant or you know what i mean maybe it was it's not going along with the program that you could actually maybe even inject a vaccine that would change the yeah. brain i mean the the implications of this are so sci-fi it's hard to even wrap your mind around really yeah. And the, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, I could actually get behind, theoretically get behind a technology like that, that really was, you know, if there was some kind of like brain damage, like, a, you know, that a, a child has at birth or some kind of disease that they have at birth, no known cure for it at this point. And they have a way of kind of like, let's fiddle a little bit with the DNA and actually, you know, and of course that it's tested and it's found to be safe and there aren't any side effects and that kind of thing. But the problem is that you just can't trust that kind of technology now because you know that it's going to get used for nefarious purposes. You know that it will. It's going to be, you can't control whose hands this falls into and what they're going to end up using it for. And I, I agree with you, Erica. I think like before long it would be like, you know, defiance, um, anything. This person seems to be a little bit too much of a free thinker we got to give them a vaccine for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just and, you know, you read about this stuff and you think like, well, that that that, you know, that people won't go along with it. The thing is, and kind of probably why we're covering it on the show is that most people don't know. 
Yeah. You know, they have no idea having worked with kids in the school system, like parents don't really know what's going on uh, unless they inquire and you're not really encouraged to inquire. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the average person can fathom the depth of the evil that goes on in this world. They think that people in general are good and they want to do the right thing. They can't imagine that someone actually has really evil intents for yeah. humanity. Yep. Which says, you know, I mean, that's a good thing that, you know, people are innocent enough to believe that everybody is good. I mean, I, people are, I mean, people can be fantastic. They can be naive, but, you can't blame people for just wanting to live in peace and harmony and not mm -hmm. suspect that people are out to kill them. That's not a natural way to live. So I can understand why people just don't even can't even imagine something like that happening. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, uh, David Martin, Whitney Webb is kind of putting all these pieces together that these kinds of technologies have been in development since the anthrax release in 2001. So 20 years, they've been working on this type of technology. Um, so, you know, uh, for those that have the stomach to dig deeper and kind of keep an open mind that these are things that in the US our tax dollars are funding for one, uh, these types of people are being confirmed into positions of power. And um, we have no idea. It's not like they're reporting it on CNN, that's for sure, or other mainstream news outlet. And so it's, you know, while disturbing, it's also, you know, with it, knowledge comes responsibility and hence why we're here. <laughs> So, again, another topic that we'll be developing as we see things unfold. Um, any last I ideas, thoughts, comments from my fellow co-hosts? All I can say is wait and see. Yeah, we'll see how it unfolds and we'll do our best to stay up to date on it. I know um, a lot of us have, uh, what is it, COVID, uh, we're weary of COVID, you know, mm -hmm. it's like the topic that just never ends, but it's also, I find it's fascinating how it's it's permeating into every aspect of life. So finance, economics, where people live, all of it. So even though it is just a virus, it has affected everybody in every single way. And while we're paying attention to whether or not our neighbors have the vaccine, they're passing stuff like this, you know? So awareness is key. Mm -hmm. So if there's nothing else, thank you, co-hosts and Damien for showing those articles and uh, please watch and share and like and uh, we'll see you again next week with uh, another interesting topic. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Bye.